Hi, Hannah. Hi. <laughs> thanks for doing this with me. This is fun. Oh, we, thanks for uh, this is my sister-in-law, Hannah. I almost never say the in-law part, but um, Hannah and I are both married to the youngest two Platter brothers and have, I, I'm going to put in a photo of us from your wedding because it's one of my favorite pictures of the four of us. But also, fun fact, we grew up going to church camp together on the same kind of church district area. So Hannah is starting a small business this year or you've already started. Why don't you tell us about that? Okay, it's called Persephone. I was working in the film and TV industry and I kept getting repeated burnout. And last year with the pandemic, I was working from home and I was finally able to be at my home for a whole season and witness all the growing and was able to plant some things and start things from seed. And I've always grown things while growing up and it kind of reinvigorated me to uh, co-create with nature. And I thought, you know, like I'm so passionate about like sustainability and regeneration of the soil and, and being connected to all of that process that I decided I want to build a business on this and grow unique and interesting plants that um, work in conjunction with nature and our regions and try and educate people about what our next steps are the the soil and the planet <laughs> and their own gardens <laughs> yeah. well and I've I've loved that development of our relationship in the last couple of years that we send each other pictures of what we're growing and talk about it and yes. just this weekend I was at Hannah's house and we I say we exchanged seeds I gave you a couple of seeds and you sent me home with lots and lots so very excited I'm a collector there are worse um, things to collect <laughs> But I'll put the link to your to Persephone's account in the comments if anybody wants to check out more of what you're doing there. But today you're our expert on what to grow. And we're going to go through some of the questions people have asked to give some ideas about what people can be growing in the grow along this year. Hannah's definitely more of an expert on this stuff than I am. Um, so I'm asking questions with all of you. And then throughout the grow along, I'm not coming to you as a gardening expert. I'm coming to everybody as like, I'm growing, we're going together. We're trying things together. And there are certainly gardeners out there who will tell you, you need like the perfect everything to be successful. And I found last year, I just, I just wanted to try something. And I tried to remind myself that perfect is the enemy of good. And so I didn't have to like grow prize winning tomatoes. I just wanted to grow some tomatoes and I didn't have to like have the perfect laid out bed that looked the prettiest for a magazine and it was still satisfying to go out and see what I was doing. So that's the vibe that we have going for the grow along. We're not pursuing perfection. We're pursuing getting our hands dirty, connecting with nature and with each other. So thanks for giving us some guidance to set us up to do well with what we're growing. Yeah. And, you know, I, we were talking earlier about my anxieties with starting a business and that perfection part of it, but naturally I am a chaos gardener. So like, I don't believe there's one right way to do most things. So I'm, I'm happy to be along this ride. <laughs> that is perfect. And I'm going to be thinking about the like parallels of chaos gardening and like chaotic spirituality. I love it. <laughs> so we'll jump into the questions. The first one comes from a friend who has like a shady backyard, but wants to grow things. I think maybe she spends a lot of time out there. So what, what can be grown in a shady backyard? Well, my whole front yard is basically shade and part shade. 
So I've learned a lot about shade gardening over the last few years. And I actually am starting my own like shaded garden, wanted, wanting to create like a forest floor landscape back in the shade in my backyard. But as far as it goes for growing from seed, and if you want flowers, um, that is a little tricky. A lot of plants that flower have to have a sun and even the plants that can go in part shade, they're, they can flower, but they're not going to be as profuse. Like they're not going to give you as many flowers. Okay. But I was doing some researching. I found this lovely website called Diane Seeds and she had a great list. So I'm sure Jeanette can maybe link that somewhere. But if you're wanting flowers, there's some great annuals like pansies are, you know, you, you see those everywhere, especially in the cooler weather. But there's also edible flowers like bachelor buttons in places uh, and like lemon bee balm or monarda is really great for pollinators too. And that can grow in shade as well. It does need some sun, but. Okay. Um, so maybe like if, if she's got like a dappled shade area where there's yeah. a bit of sun that comes through. Yeah. yeah. But she had some great, great flowers on that list. So if you just do a plain, you know, search engine search for shade flowers from seed, there's some easy to grow things on, on those lists. There's good perennials as well, but, um, and also if you just want something like usable, that's not for like flowers alone, you can do things like echinacea, which are coneflower, which is native to America and also herbs, yeah. <laughs> a lot of herbs thrive in shade uh, because they'll, they'll bolt or they'll um, create flowers that go to seed in the heat of the sun. But I want them to do eventually, but I learned last year, bolting means they've done that too quickly. Yes. And once they go to seed, they don't continue growing, right? Like that's yes. their signal to like, I've finished my life cycle here. Yes. I'm producing yeah. offspring. And then I'm done. <laughs> yeah, especially like greens will do that yeah. in the heat. Um, so greens are another like shady type thing, but I, I might be blending into a, one of the other questions. But um, I'd also like suggest, I was so inspired by visiting this one neighborhood in Oklahoma City last year. They basically for the last 30 years have yard by yard, I don't want to say taken over, but like gotten each neighbor involved in this front yard community of growing food and flowers mm -hmm. and transforming these just they were they weren't even landscaped they were just grass grassy lawns um and growing things even if it's just flowers that you you put your heart and soul into growing from seeds <laughs> into your front yard and adding to your communal space, it's it's a point of conversation to talk about like, oh yeah, I took the time to do this, or even just, I planted this because I'm I love our pollinators and I want food to keep growing. <laughs> so it, even if you can just place a pot on your front porch, or or next to your mailbox or something like that, or even add to your own landscaped beds. I think it's it's always good to expand our view of what what we can do and with what we have. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I've got a shady front area, so that's giving me some ideas for mine as well. Because I tend to think, well, I'll just focus on the back because that's where I'm going to be. But if I had a, a prettier front area, I might be more inclined to spend time out there, which means I'm going to be more likely to meet my neighbors and that sort of thing. So that's that's lovely. 
Um, what about somebody who's never grown anything before and they want to try? I know like for me, trying seeds was, I don't think there's anything wrong with buying seedlings and plug plants that are already grown a bit, but I know I was more invested when I grew it from seed. I was like, these are my little babies. Like, <laughs> so I took better care of them than I did the ones that I bought. Um, so someone who wants to try grow seeds for the very first time, what, what would you say for them? I would say like, start off easy. Don't, I mean, I say this, I'm one to like jump headfirst into things, but do easy things like edible things that you'll get a harvest from and really be able to enjoy like squash or beans, lettuce, radishes. I mean, the three things I know we grew every year growing up in our like little kitchen garden was radishes, lettuce, and tomatoes, like without fail every year in cucumbers. Um, they're a really satisfying one because they they're ready so quickly yes and they can be done in like partial shade right because they could yeah. bolt as well mm-hmm. so yeah radishes are fun because they you you get to have your harvest so quickly that's one of the ones that I'll be doing during the grow along yes and I've heard you talk about having like mashed radishes which I've never had and right like, th- yeah, there was something included in a, and something that I ate when we were living in England that had like radishes mashed into the dish. Yeah. So I need those radish recipes. Cause all I know to do is like pickle them. That's like, yeah. the only way I can eat them <laughs> or like really thin sliced on salads or something. <laughs> well, that reminds me too, to like, especially when you're starting out to grow something that you're excited about eating, or that reminds you of something like you were talking about ones you did from your childhood. The reason I grew radishes, I wasn't planning on it, but I saw the seed packet said French breakfast radishes. And I had had those when we were in France and I saw the, and I was like, oh, I remember. Th-. And it, it just brought all of that back. And it meant it was something that I wanted to nurture. Cause I also had this emotional connection to it. Yes. Yes. And like things that you like, Definitely. Cause if, if it's something like, you're like, oh, I actually hate that flavor. <laughs> you're not going to be as invested. Yeah. Yes. You're not going to be as invested, but you can share with neighbors. Yeah. yeah. Um, but things like, yeah. Oh, and okra too, like okra and squash. Those are going to give you a lot from one seed. You're going to okay. get a lot for your harvest. Yes. And also getting started, like things to think about are in, in permaculture, they call them vectors. So <laughs> What, where's the sun coming in from? How much sunlight are you getting from what direction? And is there a high hot wind? Are there other plants that are going to interact? Um, what kind of water needs are, are you going to have? All those things. Uh, so I, I say like observe for like a week where you want to plant and it doesn't have to be super scientific or intense as knowing where the wind comes from, but just think, okay, what's going on over here? And it's, it only gets morning sun or yeah. it, it's in the heat all day or yeah. Yeah. And I use that exercise as like a meditation as well of like, what things am I not seeing because I'm rushing around or like trying to get to a conclusion really fast, even just noticing like, Oh, a family of squirrels lives up here and they dig a lot of holes for nuts down here. It's, it's just a good meditation as well. I love that. Calling um, you to be more present and attentive to your environment. And then once you do notice where what your space is doing, most seed packets like have information on the back that tell you like this one has a lot. So this all here tells me 
when to plant it, if how much sun it needs, how deep to plant it, how long it takes to harvest, like all of that is there. So once you know your area, you can go look and say, okay, I think this would work. Yeah. And like botanical right. interest has a little cutout you can put on your stake to identify. Oh, and on the inside, there's more info. <laughs> perfect. So someone else needs, um, has asked about growing indoors and something that would be easy with kids or exciting for kids? Yeah. Um, I'd say you definitely need a sunny window, but there is a workaround if you don't have a sunny window and, and a sunny window is going to be like, um, ideally South facing, but I have house plants in every single window of my house, all this, all the directions. So, um, you will probably be fine if it's like Eastern, there's a workaround and that is like a grow light or even just a light bulb. You can get it like Lowe's or Home Depot or Ace and say you're growing over your kitchen, uh, in your kitchen sink window and you have a light over there, like you could put the grow light in there. And it's basically going to be, I believe they call them full spectrum and it's just going to give you more of that sunlight quality of light. Otherwise you could just take those light bulbs and put them in any light fixture. I thought you had to have like the grow light kit or something. Can do a grow light kit, but yes, like I, I had a friend that worked in an office with no windows and that's how she kept her plants alive her house her house plants we talked a bit on this one about herbs would be a good thing to grow or in england they say herbs Herbs. um (laughs) um, and i'm thinking of ones that would be really yummy like i'm thinking of kids like in a lemonade like basil or mint or rosemary like those are things although rosemary would that be easy to grow from seed or is that um that would be definitely much easier to get as a seedling yeah um, and maybe put out in the yard because those are perennial and they get really woody so they become almost like a shrub okay but like um, basil and mint or things that they like to cook with they could grow those from seed and and then the kids could get involved in cooking and things the next question maybe touches on some of what we've talked before. Got a sunny slash shady balcony. It gets a bit of wind. So what would be a good thing to grow there? I, we talked about that part sun, um, how you'll get flowers, but maybe just not as much. But honestly, like I deal with that in a lot of my yard. I think it would be, you know, you could, if you want to do like edible things, like peas are really good for early spring and they can do with some shade and root vegetables and greens are also really great for part shade. And, uh, some, some seed websites, they have a whole section or a filter for shade seeds. And, and it's a lot of beets, radishes, carrots, parsnips, um, turnips and all the lettuces and kale and all that good stuff. I enjoyed, I put in this, I don't know if I should have done it or not, but I had a a wide long planter last year and I did a row of radishes and a row of arugula or rocket in the UK. And I planted them like at different times. So I was able to kind of harvest the arugula and then the radishes would come up and I'd clear them out and then put something else in. So that was, yeah. And there's really cool things um, called polyculture where you can kind of take like several of those types of things like uh, radishes, lettuce, peas, beans. um, And if you want to do bigger things like brassicas, which include like cabbage and, and broccoli, you start out and you just scatter, you mix and scatter them. 
And mm. then to thin them, you just pull out the whole lettuce plant and you add it to your salad and you let the other ones mature. But like in the thing where you plant thinned, you like plant a bean and that's, that's, that's fun chaos garden. Well, I was going to say that sounds like the ultimate chaos approach. That's great. <laughs> and then our last question is from someone else who has kids, but I know this person and maybe this would be the same for anybody who like, I have a new kitten or I have a very curious two-year-old, like not only do we have kids, but they're going to maybe get into things and make a mess. So I'm envisioning someone who has a young child or a pet that is going to disrupt their seedlings. What, yeah. what, is there any way around that? Do you have any ideas for that? There's, so if, if you have the capabilities of like adding in hanging planters are really popular right now. So you can find a good deal on those. If you have a window available to hang it in front mm-hmm. of or like a wall planters, but an indoor greenhouse would actually be a really good idea. I believe you have like uh, oh. an idea for a cheap way to do that. <laughs> Cut a jug in half and you fill it. And then you tape it closed and you leave the lid off so that it gets air. But then you've got this little miniature greenhouse, greenhouse, whether inside or outside. So your cats and children <laughs> couldn't get to your seedlings before you're ready to plant them out. Yeah. And it's a, it's a little miniature greenhouse. Yeah. It's like, and you can do that in the actual garden bed too, to protect from where you're going stuff. to plant it. So <laughs> this could like, I could do that and just set it in the spot that I want to plant them eventually. Even if it's, even if I'm still getting frost and ice and stuff between now, I guess on like a really cold night, maybe I could bring it in. That reminds me of something else with like seed starting. So I know you have some followers that are like all around, not just in our like plains, Midwestern or Southern plains, (laughs) hot. What's wild is my sister lives in North Texas and our last frost date is like a month apart from her. So What's cool about seed starting is you can start in late winter or early spring when you're still might get snow outside, but you can start things inside. And a lot of times, like if, if they don't want to be started inside, it'll say on the packet, it's like not ideal, (laughs) but a lot of plants, it is possible to start inside. And so you might just go by like a little jiffy thing or like make your own And honestly, like what I did last year, I used a heating pad, like a flannel covered heating pad, you know, for your aches and everything. And I put like a plastic bin I had, it was like a little short storage bin. And I made little seed starting pods and I either put plastic wrap on top until they germinated, until they poked out and then took it off or I kept the lid on and I just put it under a big lamp I had with the heating pad on and, and I, I probably germinated like 300 or more seedlings. <laughs> so Amazing. you really like no pressure, just yeah. find something that works. And if stuff ends up rotting out or molding, like it's okay. Just start again. Google, Google yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I love the idea. I hadn't considered hanging planters and there's so many wall ones now too, where you could even like make your own, you could find some sort of like, basket um that you could adhere to the wall somehow and line it with plastic and then you'd have like a wall planter or something um yeah and the little greenhouses and you mentioned uh for people with like a late a late frost date you were talking to me before we recorded about snapdragons I think yes so there's annuals and annuals 
just like a primer for anyone that might not know, means they grow one year and then they die. They don't come back. Perennials don't they, tend them in the winter or anything. Yes, yeah. They and perennials they come back year after year. the The top dies, but they grow back from the roots. So annuals, you have tender annuals that are tender to frost and they die and wilt, but hardy annuals can tolerate frost. And some seed packets do say frost hardy, yes or no. Um, or they might say hardy or tender annual on the front. Um, so like snapdragons and calendula are two easy to grow, hardy annual flowers that are good for garden beds or put in your front bed. Yeah. I love how the British call everything the garden. Everything's the garden. Yeah. <laughs> I've started using that and I have to realize like, oh, a lot of people just say yard yeah. or front yard yeah. or backyard. Yard is not really a word in in England. <laughs> yeah. And I just love the thought of like thinking of everything like the garden. But yeah, calendula has herbal qualities. You can make a tea out of that. It's not dragon, not so much, but they're they're gorgeous. And if you live for farther up north, they could make it through the summer. Down here, it's more of like an early um, or a spring flower, spring annual. Well, cool. Thank you so much. Um, like I said, I'll tag you in the comments so that anybody maybe has more questions. If you guys want to follow up, you can ask questions in the comments. I'll show you too some things that I found. Yeah. And seed packets tend to come with so many seeds. So you can do a couple. And like you said, if one doesn't work out, try again. Yeah. And the, also about seeds, they will last, most will last a couple to a few years, um, even without refrigeration. So don't worry about, you know, don't toss your seed pack in. And if you do, just I'll send you my address. Okay. <laughs> That's perfect. Perhaps we can also put in the, the post, I'll share a link where people could check their frost dates and see if there's anything online that we could give like guidance about, about yeah. that. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank I, I always love talking to you and you've given us some helpful ideas. Next week, I will share about some of the things that I like to grow in. I'll show you some things I found at thrift stores and stuff. We'll talk about some of the virtues or maybe spiritual disciplines that we want to cultivate alongside our plants throughout Lent. So keep your eye out for that. And I will put today's information in a post on Veritatis for anyone who wants to reference that. And let us know if you have any more questions. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks. Bye. Bye.